Well, first of all, I hope you had a wonderful Christmas celebration yesterday. Uh, we certainly did with our family. I'm sure that you did as well. Uh, and then I just want to say as we began, what an incredible time it was to have breakfast together today. You know, we're just deciding maybe we just need to do this every Sunday and it'll be part of what we do. But uh, for those who are able to be here with us and just enjoy some fellowship time, you know, one of the things, a little spoiler alert, I'm actually going to get into this a lot more next Sunday and talk about the direction God is leading us for the new year. But our theme for 2022 is Better Together. And that has come out of just seeing the hunger that our church family has for being together uh, really going all the way back to our 20th anniversary and then just different events that we've had, including having breakfast together this morning, has uh, just kind of, I guess, uh, re-emphasized how important that is. So we're going to look for opportunities. I'll talk about that more next week, but just what a joy it is to be together. And I'm excited to have everybody here together today. We have all of our, our families are here, our kids are here of all ages. In fact, we have some, and Stephanie's passing out some little packets for the kids, so make sure, and, and Lynn can uh, get some of those out as well, so make sure, like, just lift a little hand for us if you have uh, a young one that would enjoy having something there. Um, but I appreciate everybody just uh, uh, just worshiping along with us and, and your patience with uh, our families that are here. We're so glad for those that are here with their kids. We're glad for those that are joining us online as well. And uh, it's going to be a great time as we jump in together. And I'll just say this off the bat, that because we, this is a family service and because we are inviting kids to be here, I'm going to try to design things in such a way that we can learn at a level that will be impactful to all of us, but that even our youngest participants here can understand. So we're going to have things like hand motions today, you know, so that we can learn some of the points. And I'm just going to tell you right now, adults, I need you to follow along, okay? So this is good for our kids, but it may be good for us as well. And we'll get there in, in just a little bit. Uh, but this past week, uh, excuse me, this past month, we have been going through a series, and it's called All I Want for Christmas. And we've talked a lot about, you know, I want for Christmas, I want this, and that we had different people speak into that. I want to turn that question around just a little bit today and ask this question. What does God want for Christmas? I mean, you ever wonder that? What, what does God want from me? And thankfully, somebody asked basically that question of Jesus. Not exactly in those words, but I'm thankful that that question was asked in Matthew chapter 22. We have a record of it. If you'd like to turn there with me, Matthew 22, starting in verse 34, um, it says this, it says, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. You know, I think if we were to rephrase that, we could say this. What does God want from us? Okay, what, what is the greatest commandment? What is it that God really wants from me? And I'm thankful that somebody asked this question because it gave Jesus an opportunity to very clearly state, here's what matters to God more than anything else. This is the top of the list for God. Now, that question was not asked from a pure motive or a, hey, we really want to find out from Jesus. This was really a trap. That's what was going on here. Because if you back up just a little bit, it says that the Sadducees, so you had, if you remember, you had your two major groups. They didn't have Republicans and Democrats. They had Sadducees and Pharisees. That's basically, and they were always at odds with each other, which we can kind of relate to. 
So the Sadducees asked Jesus a question. They didn't believe in the resurrection, so they asked a question about marriage and the resurrection. Jesus silenced them. And the Pharisees thought, oh, now it's our chance. So they asked a question Jesus couldn't answer, so we're going to prove that we are the superior group by asking this other question. And it was really more of a, uh, an attempt to trap Jesus than anything else. In fact, it says that they tested him with this question. That's what it says in verse 35. This word tested, it's the same word, by the way, uh, that Jesus used when he quoted scripture earlier as recorded in Matthew's gospel. You remember when Satan took him out in the wilderness? Actually, it says the spirit took him out into the wilderness. But Satan tempted him while he was in the wilderness. And at one of those temptations, uh, Satan says, throw yourself down from the pinnacle of the temple. And he even quoted a a Bible verse, which is a story for another day, but that's kind of scary to think that Satan can twist Scripture, and he still does. But Jesus responded with this Old Testament verse, but in Matthew 4, 7 says, Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Same word there. And so this expert in the law who would have known this verse backwards and forwards is actually unknowingly putting the Lord his God to the test because he is testing Jesus. Now, he doesn't, at this point, understand who Jesus is, but that's what he's doing, and he asks him this question, and I'm glad he did because it gave Jesus an opportunity to answer. And so here's really our our main idea today, and then we're going to break it down into some real practical things that all of us at all age levels can understand and apply. But here's the big idea is that God wants us to love him with our whole being that's what he says love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and strength with everything that you have love God with all that you are and you know I I was thinking about this uh, something that happened a couple of weeks ago because I think isn't it true that so many of us we we just kind of hold back you know there's just this uncertainty it's like I'm I'm just holding back a little bit or I don't want to love God so much that it makes me look foolish in front of my friends or I don't want to you know express my full love for God maybe when I'm worshiping because you know what are other people going to say or think about me or you know there are these things this this inhibition that we have sometimes that keeps us from just I mean just loving God with everything in us and not holding back so a couple weeks ago we were, uh, I had met a new family on their way into church, and I was introducing my wife, Sean, to them after, the, after church, and they had a couple of just precious, absolutely adorable little kids, and they were introducing us to their children, and they had a three-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy, and we, we, they, uh, the mama introduced them to us and introduced them to Sean, and the little girl leaves her mama's side, runs over and does this. And just gives her this big old hug. Never met her before. And I mean, melted her heart, melted my heart. And then the little boy comes right behind her and does this. And here these precious little kids are hugging somebody that they had not met before. Now, I understand. I know where a lot of our minds go as parents, right? I understand the whole stranger danger thing and why we have to be careful. But this is a, a safe environment. Her, her mom and dad were standing right there. So it was definitely an appropriate thing to do. But it is an unusual thing, right? Now, Nowadays, you, you find my, my kids, they'll hug you all day long. But I'm telling you, when they were little bitty, we were talking about this the other day, I said, when did I stop hiding behind your leg? Because when they were little, they did the whole hide behind mom's leg and not show your face kind of a thing, right? And that's probably more typical 
But I thought, man, how special that here, here is a young child, and Jesus said, you know, come to him like children, that, that, that was just willing to express love to somebody she didn't even really know yet. You know, not, not holding anything back, no inhibition. I thought, how amazing would it be if we could love God like that, right? With, with no inhibition, with no concern about, you know, how we might appear or anything else, just that we just want to let it out, you know, just, just love God. With everything in us. You know, it might seem a little unusual for somebody you don't know well to come give you a hug, but it's not unusual for a family member or a friend, or there are certain people that you see and you think, if I don't get a hug from that person when I see them at church, I'm gonna wonder what in the world is wrong, right? Because that's, you have that relationship. So here's my question Would God be surprised if you expressed deep love and affection toward Him? Would that take God by surprise? Now, for you theologians out there, I understand this is a really bad theological question because nothing takes God by surprise, okay? I understand that. God knows everything. God's sovereign. But, but just let's suppose God didn't know everything and was just basing things on our actions and on our history and the way we normally act. Would God be surprised at an expression of deep love and affection? Jesus said the thing that God wants more than anything else is for us to love him with all of our being. So my question is, are you holding anything back from loving him? We're to love God with all of our heart. You know, we have uh, a lot of families with us today, and I love that. And I love that this is something that you can end the year on, the last time to worship together corporately as a family, is a time where you can do that together. But, but then talk about, I'd encourage you to have this conversation, an ongoing conversation. How are we doing? as a family with loving God with all of our hearts. So let's talk about some things that we can do. And here's where the fun stuff comes in. We're going to learn some hand motions as we go through this. Some of these things are fairly basic kinds of things, but I, but I want you to ask the question, am I actually doing them? Okay, am I applying them? So yeah, they're going to be on a level that our, our youngest participants can understand, but as always, there's application for us at every level. So how do we go about loving God? The first thing I can think of is that we pray. Everybody do your hand motions with me. We pray, yes, we've got our praying hands there, yes, and our clapping at the end of prayer sometimes over here as well. So we can pray. That's, that's the first thing that we do. What is prayer? We love God, and the reason I say we can love God by praying is because prayer is communication with God. That's what it is, right? We communicate with God. As most of you know, um, neither of my two girls live at home permanently anymore. One of them is now married and the other is home for now, which is great, uh, but we'll be going back to school again soon. And so when my, when my girls are away from school and when they first moved out of the house, one of the things that helped me as their father is that I would get to talk to them regularly. They FaceTime frequently and they'll call me pretty much every day and we get to talk and just kind of stay in contact. And my favorite phone calls are the ones that I get where they say, um, I was just calling to say hi. I didn't need anything, just calling to say hi. And, and I love that. Not that there's anything with needing something, you know, that's okay too. I can help out where I, and I want to help out where I can. But those phone calls where it's, hey, I was just calling to say hi, what I hear is, hey, I was thinking about you and I want you to know that you matter. And you know, guys, when we think about prayer, we should think of it, more often in terms of I'm just calling to say hi. Not always I need something. Not always, God, can you give me this or can you do that or can you do this? But sometimes, God, I just want you to know I love you. 
Yeah, I'm just thinking about you. I just, I just want you to know that you're on my mind today. And so maybe view prayer as an opportunity to express love simply in terms of communicating with God and telling him, you know, I love you. You're on my mind. And I'm calling to say hi. Now, that's not all we do, obviously. Uh, Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep, always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. To pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests means we do pray about everything. So when, when we need something, we come before God. And God is pleased by that too, and we need to do that. I'm not saying don't ever ask anything of God. Uh, we can come before God on others' behalf. But more than anything, it's just that togetherness. You know, it's being together with God. It's one of the things I love so much about this time of year. People get together and spend time together. Families are together more than maybe they are other times. And it's just that, that being together matters. And the same is true with us expressing our love for God. Just being together with Him, communicating with Him, that matters. So number one, what's the first thing we can do? We pray. Okay, the second thing we can do is we can read our Bible. So we're going to open up those praying hands into a little Bible there. Okay, so we pray, we read our Bible, we listen to what God has to say to us. And certainly we can do that when we pray as well. But the best way to listen to God is, is to take in what he has already said to us. You know, there's a reason we call this book the Word of God. Because God communicates to us through Scripture, through the Bible. And so the more we take it into our hearts, then, um, you know, that's, that's communicating to God that I value you. Anybody ever, kids, you ever wanted to tell a story, maybe to your parents or to a friend or somebody, and they weren't really listening very well? Does that ever happen? Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens for us as adults too, right? Or teenagers or whoever. You want to tell somebody a story. How do you feel when something really important, you really want to share a story, maybe with mom and dad, but they're just really busy at the time. They really don't want to listen. How does that make you feel when they don't want to listen to what you have to say? Probably not real warm and fuzzy and loved in that moment. I mean, you know they love you. But I'm just saying in that moment, Right? But when somebody does take an interest in you, and you have something you want to tell, and they're just right there with you, you know, and I got any listening and taking it all in, then that's saying, I'm, I'm valuing you because I'm listening to what you have to say. Or what if you wrote a special note to somebody, and you handed that special note to that person, and you were telling that person how much you love them, and you were telling them more about yourself and what matters to you, and, and you gave them that note that you had just poured your heart into, and they took the note and just kind of set it aside and never read it. That wouldn't make you feel very good, would it? No, it wouldn't. But if you gave somebody something and they took it and they, they, they read it and paid attention to it, then you, you would feel more loved. Well, you know what? God has given us a, it's a big love letter. There's a lot to it, right? It takes a little while to read it all. But what do you think it says to God when we, when we say, you know what, I, I care enough about what you have to say to me. I want to get to know you better because this is how we learn who God is. This is how we learn to a certain degree who we are too. It, it helps us understand where we fall short and what we need. Uh, but when we listen to God, now this isn't just for kids, obviously, right? Our youngest ones, if you can read, then man, you're old enough to start reading your Bible, and learning those things and taking it in for yourself. Teenagers, how you doing in your time in the Word? Is that, is that a priority for you? 
that you're really spending time in Scripture and learning, especially now, I mean, you're out of school now, right? I know the tendency is, it's like, ah, I don't have to think anymore. I get to turn my brain off for a few weeks, right? Or you could say this is an opportunity for me to dive in a little bit further. Um, are you spending that time, adults, you spending that time in the Word, allowing God to speak to you? Are you opening the Bible with an expectation that God is going to communicate to you? See, sometimes we get distracted. And if I'm being just totally transparent with you, this last couple of weeks, they've been kind of nuts for our family. And I can feel it when I'm going through that. It's like I just feel a little bit distracted. I'm just not quite as focused. And even though I'm still sitting down and opening my Bible, I feel like I'm not really having the same level of expectation of meeting with God and God speaking to me. And so that's something you can pray for me about. I would love that moving into the new year just for a, a fresh love for God's word. But, you know, a lot of times life happens, doesn't it? And it can, it can distract us. And it can make it difficult for us to really focus. And so I want to encourage you uh, at a time of the year when we often think about resetting priorities and things like that, this is a wonderful, wonderful time to reset our focus on listening to what God has to say and really just taking in scripture and, and listening and letting that be an expression of love. I think that's the key. Not just to, okay, I did this today. I can check the box and say, I've, you know, I've read my Bible today. But reading it from that perspective of God, I want to hear what you have to say to me today because I love you and I want to know you better and I want to love you more. And so I'm eager to hear what you want to tell me. So number one, first thing we can do to express is we pray. Yeah, we can also read the Bible together. And then here's the third thing is we can love God by doing what he says. So here's going to be our doing motion. Okay, we're going to do what he says. My favorite part of this is how the, the adults, y'all are doing amazing. Y'all are just really getting into this stuff here. Maybe we need to do this more often, right? This is great. So we pray, we read, and we do what God wants us to do. Um, now, I think it's really important to, to, to say this in, in, in reading this passage when it says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your mind. Jesus is obviously saying that this impacts every aspect of our life, right? It, it impacts the way we think. It impacts the way we live. It impacts the, the way we talk. I mean, we see that all throughout different places in Scripture. But I want to be real clear about this by saying that, that we express our love for God in what we do I'm not saying that what we do is how we make God love us. Okay, that's, that's super important to make that distinction. It's not that, that we do what's right so that God will love us more. It's that we love God and we're loved by God. And as an overflow of that love, it's like I, I want to do those things that are pleasing to you. I want to live in obedience to you. One of my favorite songs that's out right now, and I hear it a lot these days, uh, is a song uh, called Jaira by Elevation Worship. And the beginning of that song, I know many of you know this really well, but it starts with these words. It says, I will never be more loved than I am right now. Wasn't holding you up, so there's nothing I can do to let you down. It doesn't take a trophy to make you proud. I will never be more loved than I am right now. That's the beginning to this song. And I love that, that beginning because what it says is that, that God loves us regardless of what we do, right? So we're not earning God's favor. But we do know from Scripture that when we love God, a way to express our love 
is by living in obedience. We do it. I, I guess the, the key here is it's our motivation, right? Uh, God loves us unconditionally. Uh, in spite of our behavior, you don't have to clean up your life in order to come to God. And maybe somebody needs to hear that today, by the way. So you don't have to clean your act up first and then come to God. You come to Him in faith. You come believing that Christ has died to pay for our sins and He works from the inside out. That's what the gospel message is. Jesus died in our place because we're not good enough. That's the whole point. We will never be able uh, to earn what He offers to us. So it's not about us being good. It's not about us deserving what God offers. It's about how good Jesus is. And that He has chosen because He loves us and because He desires a relationship with us. He has chosen to die in our place. Um, so once we experience that kind of love, then when you've been loved deeply by, like that, um, the, the, the natural thing to do is to love in return. So again, kids, teenagers, you with me here for a minute? Parents tell you to do something you don't want to do. You have a choice how you're going to respond, right? Now, you can make a very foolish choice, and that is to not do what your parents tell you to do. That's probably not going to turn out well. But even if you do what they tell you to do, let's say it's, it's clean the room, but you'd much rather play video games. You don't want to clean the room. You want to stay and play video games, but you know parents told you you got to clean your room. And so you can go and do it. And have you ever done what you're supposed to do but done it with a really bad attitude? You know, just mad the whole time. And you're, I mean, maybe you're cleaning the stuff up and you're really just kind of throwing things under the bed, you know, or doing, getting stuff out of the way, hoping nobody will look. But, I mean, you're just mad. And you're thinking about what horrible people your parents are. And you're thinking to yourself, if I went and lived with my grandparents, I bet they wouldn't make me clean up my room. Right? And this bad attitude, I mean, just angry. You've still done, you've done what you were told to do, but the attitude wasn't right. But have you ever done what you were told to do with a, with a loving attitude? Makes all the difference. And well, I'm going to tell you, you want to freak your parents out. Here's what you need to do is find something that you know they want you to do and do it without even being asked. And just say, I, I just want you to know that I love you. And that's why I did this. You need to just be ready to catch them when they fall over, right? <laughs> it works. Trust me. It works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It works. Yeah. Parents are like, preach it. Preach it, pastor. <laughs> I've never, I've never. Yeah, one more time. Do it before they even ask. The part about watching, catching you when you fall over? Is that the part I need to repeat one more time? Okay. That, you're, you're, <laughs> he said, I'll take the fall. Just do it. All right. <laughs> it's our heart behind it, right? Are, are we living in obedience as an overflow and an expression of our love? So think about that. Are you, are you living the way you should live? You, kids the way you interact with your siblings, the way you treat others maybe at school that, that, that a lot of people don't care for, a lot of people don't love, uh, the way you interact with your parents. Teenagers, are you expressing love for God in your social media presence? The way you spend your time there? Um, does, you know, the, the, does, does your lifestyle on Friday night and Saturday night reflect a love for God? And let's just, let's just make it real. Does your standard of sexual purity reflect a love for God? 
Do you have standards that, that even if others don't, you say, because I love God, this is what I believe and this is what my standard is going to be? And it's not just teenagers, is it? It's the rest of us. It's adults. Um, you know, one of the things I love about our students, and I, I do love this, I love to watch you worship. You know, I love to, to see you just express your love for God. That's fantastic. I'm going to tell you, if you're living one way on Saturday and then coming Sunday morning and worshiping God on Sunday, that, that something's off there. You know, we, we, we love God all the time, consistently. Not that we aren't ever going to mess up. We are. But are you loving God the way adults? Same question might be true of you. Does the way you live on Friday and Saturday night reflect what you express on Sunday morning? Or maybe a better question is, does the way you live Monday through Friday in the office, does that line up with, with what you express in your love for God on Sunday morning? See, when we, when we love God with all of our hearts, again, it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Thankfully, Christ died for us. We're all sinners. We can ask for, for grace and forgiveness, and God is quick to grant it. But, but as a general rule, our lives should line up with what we say we believe, and that's one of the ways that we can express that to God. So Jesus said that we are to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. And he goes on, he talks about loving your neighbors yourself, but we're not going to get there today. I just want to focus on that first and greatest commandment today of loving God with all of our hearts. You remember those kids I told you about at the beginning of the message that came over and gave a big hug? There's a part of that story that I didn't tell you. And that is, before that happened, when I introduced their mom to Sean, she came over and said, I'm a hugger. And she hugged her before the kids did. See what those kids were doing? They were doing what they saw mama doing. They were, they were doing what they saw modeled for them. Parents, you want your kids to love God with all their heart, you've got to model it for them. Because our kids know. I mean, they, they see the good and the bad, and they know that none of us is perfect, but they know whether it's real or not. And I just want to encourage you with this, with everybody, teenagers, adults, younger kids, whatever. If you've blown it in the past, God gives us the opportunity to start over. See, sometimes we think, oh, I've messed up or I've you know, fallen short of this standard, so I might as well just forget about it. I've lost my opportunity. That's not true. Even as parents, if you haven't always provided that best godly model for your children, you can start today. Say, from this point forward, this is what I'm going to do. That's the greatest gift you could ever give your kids. And kids, I hope you realize what a gift that is. I know sometimes that probably you get sick of it. You know, oh my gosh, here we're talking about God again. And we want to pray about this. Or whatever. And it's like, oh, give me a break. But I'm telling you, it really is, it really is a gift uh, to, to have that environment. I want to encourage you as families to love God with all of your heart. Three ways we do that. Let's review one more time. We pray. We read what God says. And then we do what God says. That's a way for us to express our love for God. Remember, all of this is just, it's just a response to Jesus' love for every one of us. He loves you so much. So much that he went to the cross for you and for me. He died in our place because he loves us. And so as we conclude today, I just want to encourage you to love him with all of your heart. If there's never been a time where you've trusted him as your personal savior, then today could be that day for you to say yes. 
I'm going to trust in Jesus, and then I'm going to do the best that I can to express my love. There are a lot more ways than just these three for us to show our love for God, but that's a great place for us to start to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. Don't hold anything back. Let's just give him everything. We have no inhibition, nothing held back, just loving God with everything that we are. Let's pray. God, that's my prayer today for myself and for every person in this room, for every person that's joining us online. God, help us to love you with all of our hearts. And my prayer is that we would be like those kids that would just run up with arms open and ready to express affection and love, that that would be our life before you, Lord. Because you deserve that. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you receive us and are ready, Lord, for us to, uh, to respond to you that way. And so I pray that that's our response today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.